of taking off running. You know, just taking off and running around the place. Because isn't it true? I mean, if God set you free, then you're what? Free indeed. I was thinking also that maybe maybe we ought to become runners and be known by the runners. Wherever we are, whether we're in Walmart or whatever, we're not walking, we're running. What a skeptical that would be, wouldn't it? <coughs> Let me turn this on. Hello? There. What's that? That's my, not mine, is it? That's last week. It looks good, though, but I have no idea what we're doing. Well, while they're doing that, though, <coughs> um, the last time I was here, I was here about two months ago, and I told you about Molly then. Hmm. Molly was our new dog. Well, still is our new dog, and um, she's a handful. Holy moly. Um, and uh, But we talked about the church. And what I want to do today, I got one. I got one. Yeah, brought it all the way from home. No, I don't like cold water. <laughs> what? I have, how many do not like cold water here? Amen. We're saved and going to heaven. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, I, cold water just makes me, ugh. Anyway, the last time I was here, I was talking about the church, and I want to do that again today. Why? Because the church is so important. If you think about this, Israel failed as a nation because of what? The people. It was the people that brought the nation down. It was the people who left their God. And they wanted to be like the other nations. And the problem is, problem is, is that God has called us to be what? Different. Called us to be runners. Called us to be a holy people. And so, I've thought about that, and I, and I was looking this morning um, at a verse in, in Luke chapter uh, 12, in verse, I can't see it, 49. I don't know what's happened. My glasses are getting worse or the print's gotten smaller. I don't, I'm not sure. But this is what Jesus said. Now listen to this. <clears throat> Jesus said, I have come to bring fire to the earth and I wish you wish that my task were already completed. There is a terrible baptism that's ahead of me. And he says, I have come to bring strife and division. From now, now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or the other way around. That's what Jesus said he was going to do when he came. But you know what? <clears throat> when I look at the world today and when I look at things today, people are split about COVID vaccines. They're split about a lot of things that don't matter. When Christ and Christ alone is the only thing that will set you free, the only one that will take you out of the grave. The other things may put you in the grave, literally, 
But at the end of the day, we fail not because of government, not because of sickness, but because of ourselves. Rock Dillerman, who was the pastor of Allegheny Alliance Church down in Pittsburgh, posted this actually yesterday or the day before. And he said, in society, once people embrace tribalism, ideology overwhelms fact and reason. Reality is redefined to suit the narrative of the tribe. And then he said, in the church, in the church, when this dynamic takes hold, biblical realities are redefined, redefined to suit the idolatrous narrative. Soon, political and nationalism ideologies overwhelm Scripture rather than the Holy Spirit concerning the evils of life. And those who are severely compromised believe they are, they are the faithful remnant. <coughs> Divided devotion destroys discernment. So what is the church? What is it that God has called us to? I'm not going there. I'm going backwards now. Go back to Did you find it? No, didn't find it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So you don't have you don't have that up there. And that's okay. But what is the church? What is it after all? I mean the biblical meaning of church is assembly. It, it can mean the uh, the Christians living and dead. He can mean the Christians living out in the world today. It can also mean a individual congregation. Meeting in a building like this. But Isle City Alliance Church is not this. It's you. It's you. Wherever you go, you represent this. <coughs> and I don't care if you suddenly dispersed and weren't around here anymore. If you were no longer in this, the community would say, Oh, that building, that's the Oil City Alliance Church. You know, that shouldn't be. They should know you as a force and as a power that represents God. And they may not like you because Jesus said he was going to cause division. But they'll know where you stand. And the problem is, is that many times people don't know where we stand. You remember the, car, the, the skit that you showed, the video that John showed us? The lady, three hours before she's going, she's trying to get prepared for us. Because she wanted to fit in. Well, we found out this morning we're all weird. Praise God. You should be weird. Weird is wonderful. Jesus was weird. I mean, he went places that no Jew would go. He went into a Gentile, who was going to go into a Gentile's house and heal the centurion's servant. No other Jew would have done that. And I'm sure the Jews would have said to Jesus, you're a little weird, dude. What are you doing that for? We're the Jews. We're the important ones. But Jesus said he's come to bring division. It's interesting, and I'm going to just throw this whole COVID, not because I have an opinion about it at all, but it is it divides my family, 
my children, my grandchildren, all of them have these opinions about vaccine, no vaccine, everything. I've got family members that have chosen not to travel to places because, well, they don't want any, you know. I want to be safe. And do you know that in history it was the church that brought help to the dying during massive plagues in Europe? It was the church that stepped out of its comfort zone to go into places where people were dying. Why? Because we have a hope. And his name is Jesus. We don't have the grave clothes on us anymore. We have been resurrected in newness with Christ. That's who we are, who the church is. We have a message to tell to the world. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. What are you? That's how we do it sometimes. I believe that we need to find new ways to share what Christ is doing in our lives. And here's the problem. If he's not doing anything in your life, you have a problem. He's doing something all the time. The church literally means a calling out of. A calling out of. By the way, how long does your pastor normally go? Till he's done, right? No, I know him pretty well, and he is very precise. He's got it down to the minute. He knows me pretty well, too. I don't have anything precise. I just go with the flow, you know? I mean, come on. Can you imagine Jesus going, oh, I'll be back tomorrow. It's time to go now. I mean, he started an apple thing, right, with the garden. Now I got an apple. Well, anyway, never mind. But the church, the ecclesia, is the called out ones. It's the called out ones. But what are we called out from? I mean, think about it. If you're part of the church, you're called out from something. What? I remember an elder that I had years ago said to me, he said, Bernie, when I came to Christ, I got out of the world. I stopped bowling. I stopped going to this event and that event. And I'm going, are you stupid? Christ called you to be him in the world. You want to do what you did? Go join a monastery for crying out loud. But he was, and, and I love the guy, okay? He's passed away now, but he, he was so proud of the fact that he left all those things. I'm like, what happened to the gospel to these people? God had a plan for you, and you chose to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, we're to be called out of the world, but we're to be in the world. We're to be the light of the world. I did a funeral for a state trooper that had died on the job. He died of a heart attack on the job. And I did his funeral, and one of the corporals, um, I asked to help me with that. He's a great man of God, young guy. <laughs> and and he, said, he said, I'll do it. 
I'll do it, Pastor, but you got to stand next to me when I do what, I, what I'm going to do. And I said, don't worry, I will. And he had a rock, and he fiddled with that rock the whole time he was doing that. But you know what he did? He went and bought a book by Rick, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Rick Ingram. He bought a book on heaven, and he bought a case of them, and he gave everyone in his station and every person he could run into a book about heaven. Not a story, but a book based on the scriptures of what God has said through his word about heaven. You want to know where his faith is? It's out on his sleeve all the time. Will he throw you down and put you in handcuffs? Yeah. And he might even say, repent while I take you to jail. He's a tough guy. He's on the cert team. You know what that is? He's the guy when someone's in the house barricaded, he's the guy that's all wrapped up in all that gear and he's going in. They did a they did a golf event in honor of this trooper that had passed just Memorial or Labor Day weekend. And my friend my friend went and and they asked him, because I couldn't be there, I was going to be in Virginia, and they asked him, would you, would you say a prayer over this outing before we go? And so he did. And he shared it with me afterwards, and he said, Bernie, he said, I felt the Holy Spirit just working through me, and he said, I am so weak, and it's so hard for me. I said, no kidding. It's hard for me too, man. Just because I do this all the time doesn't mean that it's easy. But you see, God has called us to be a light in the middle of darkness. How are you going to be the light if you don't go to where the darkness is? And I know that's frightening. But the reality is, is that we've been called out. And, and so what have we been called out from? And what have we been... Called out too. Called out of what? Well, here's what I think. I mean, in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, this is what you've seen. This verse, you know, this verse. When my then, if my people who are called by my name, it doesn't say when my nation. It says when my people, my people, when my people are called who are called by name name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. They were already his people. It wasn't that he was calling them to them. He says, you are my people already. Now, turn from your wicked ways. The problem was that the people looked like the other people that were in the world. That's our problem. That's our problem. I admit that. I understand that. I get that. When you can't tell, listen, I have been, I've been around people that have, you find out 17 years after you've known them that they actually are believers. But there was no evidence of that. And you go, how did I miss that? A number of years ago, um, I, I, was, I was on call, or no, I wasn't on call, 
But I got a call. I worked for mental health, and I got a call from the hospital um, on a crisis situation, and I called the person, and we talked on the phone, and I asked her, I said, is there, is there anything that you'd like to read or listen to that helps to calm you down? She goes, yeah, I love to read the Bible. Okay. Do you have a favorite passage? And she told me what the passage was, and I said, would you want me to pray with you? Sure. Now, this is not a thing I, I was supposed to be able to do working as an, a hospital employee. I'm not supposed to do that. But guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. I don't work for the hospital. I work for God. And if you fire me, you fire me. No big deal. So I prayed. Now, remember, I'm not on call. And I'm like, why did I get the call? Because my boss, the supervisor, she was on call. So the next morning I go in and I said, Helene, I got called out by the hospital last night. And I want you to know that I wasn't on call. And she goes, yeah, I know. I was on call. Why did they call you? I said, I don't know. But I want you to know, you may hear about it, because I prayed with the woman. Oh, she said, that's why they called you and not me, because I wouldn't have prayed. My point is, is that that God wants to use you wherever you are in whatever you're doing to do what he wants you to do. And you have to follow his word and his leading and his spirit. You see, when, when, when in Second Chronicles, where, where it's saying that we are to pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, when we turn, he says, I will hear. You wonder why prayers aren't being heard? Maybe it's because of the direction of your life. Maybe that's the issue. He says, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. If we could only get the right president, we would have a better life. No. If we could only get on our knees and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, he will heal our land. And when I think about our land, I'm thinking about the world, not a country. But that's me. But I also believe that if I am going to do and we are going to do what God has called us to do, then what Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 12 will happen because they will cause division amongst others because we will be outspoken about him and his word. Not about issues, not that issues aren't important, but when you become issue focused, you lose the focus of the scriptures. And Jesus died for who? People, not issues. And I know that's a difficult subject because there are a lot of issues that that we ought to be vocal about. But it's a balance. Here's one of the things that I do believe strongly in. The direction of your life needs to be according to the moment not forever. Does that make sense? In other words, Jesus, what do you want me to do right now? You may not realize this, but even as I'm doing this, I am praying, Lord, is there something else you want me to say that I don't have down here? And a lot of times, God will give me things that I haven't even thought of because it's about him. It's about, see, it's not about what I put together. It's about what you need to hear. And my concern is, is that God is using me as a vessel. Just as this plastic bottle is a vessel to hold water, once it's gone, 
it's done. I have no value. The Spirit of God has value. His Word has value. You as a body have value. But individually, you might be a passing wind. True? And so, when I think about this, I think that in reminded that we're called out of the world and into the kingdom of God, that we're out of the world of sin and into a world of repentance. This morning I was doing my video about something, and I'll remember it here in a moment. It was about, uh, why did I even bring that up if I can't remember it? It's your fault. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. But um, <laughs> it will come back. How many have squirrel problems? Yeah. Praise God for squirrels, right? I mean, where would we be without a squirrel once in a while? Um, well, listen to my view, video later today, and it, you, it will tell you. But anyway, we're called out of the world of sin into a world of repentance. It was on Second Corinthians chapter 5 where Paul says that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are past, Right? Well, the problem is, is that's a reality, that's a truth. Paul isn't saying some hypothetical situation. He's saying, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, how do we live that way then? Well, the way we live that way is we have to attack the old thinking. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renewed our minds according to what God has said, not some psychic or not some newspaper article or whatever. It's what God has said about me. And one of the things that he has said about me is that I am more than a, what? Conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through the power of my iPad. No, through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, these are realities, and I need to take my stuff and bring it to before the Lord and say, Lord, how do I do this now? Because I'm not guaranteed of tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed of 3 o'clock this afternoon. I am only guaranteed of the moment. And in the moment where I live, I have to learn how to unpack this stuff in a way that I walk it and live it. So going through life needs to be an idea of, Lord, what do you want me to do now? If I walk into the state police station, the first thing I'm asking as I'm going through the door, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And I see where it goes. It's interesting. One of the, the, uh, the dispatchers I've, talked, I've had some great talks with, but it was because of the funeral that opened up the door to conversation with other troopers. I've had troopers come to me. I had a lieutenant come to me, and he said, Bernie, he said, I'm a believer. But he said, you won't find me in church. I said, why is that? He said, because I've arrested most of them. (laughs) Isn't that sad, though? I mean, think about it. What does that say about our lives and our testimony? What does that say about us being called out of the world? We're not. We're not living that way. See, we're called out of the world and we are 
transported into the kingdom of God. That we ought to live as kingdom kids. And if that means running, then you ought to be running. Blasting the music. Giving a reason for the hope that is in you. You do have that, don't you? You do have that hope. I love asking people, how are you doing today? How are you doing? How are you doing? Why? What's causing you to be just pretty good? And what would you need to do to get to really good? Don't answer right now. We'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? Ask people, how are you? I'm good. What's going on in your life that causes you to be good? Well, really not much. And that's often what will happen. Now, you have to understand that if you're going to go there, you have to give the time for where it might go. Remember the scripture, Jesus says, do not cast your pearl before swine. You know that, right? One of the things that I think about with that verse is, is that what Jesus is saying is, be careful where you place the gospel. Because people aren't being drawn at the moment to the gospel and you are throwing all of those wonderful things to the swine. Go where Jesus is already working. And so asking that question is really, Lord, who do I ask that of today? So kingdom living ultimately, though, is what? It's holy living. Living holy. Now, I got to be honest with you. I'm a, I am a failure at living holy. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. But I left her home so she couldn't. Okay? <laughs> but the truth is, is that I... Molly, the new dog we got. So one of the things that I do to put her in her kennel, I take a Kong, one of those rubber ball-like things. I put peanut butter in it. And I throw it in, and she runs in. Oh, she's so happy. So yesterday, we left her in the sunroom where I had left a little jar of peanut butter up on the high table. We left her in the sunroom, went over to the neighbors. I came back over about an hour later. Guess you know what happened, right? She got that top off that peanut butter, and she had it down on the floor, and it was almost a brand-new jar she ate 90 percent of it yeah i thought i'd be up during the night but i wasn't praise god my holiness started to leave my body when i found out i'll tell you right now I mean, I don't believe there's such a thing as holy indignation, holy righteousness, you know what I mean, holy and whatever. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think there actually is. Jesus might have had it with the money changers and all of that, but me, I don't have that. And so when I look at this about, about uh, kingdom living is holy living, I'm, I'm going, God, I, I need help here. I, need, I am, I get, listen, I am a person who wants to be in control. Some of you are like that. You hate it when life isn't going the way you want it to go. I have four vehicles. Three of them were down this week. 
I spent $800 between two of them just in parts. And, and I was telling John, I, my truck, I still don't have front brakes. I don't know how to fix I don't know what's wrong. Actually, I think I do know what's wrong. It's an ABS system, and I can't fix that. I have to bring it into someone that's got the tools or the scanners to do that. And there goes ching, 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 ching. And I'm like, <sighs> I, I don't, I, being in control is like my lifeblood. I, is anyone else like that? <gasps> you are really holy or you're lying. When things aren't going as I planned, I am like a bear. I'm working on it and I'm an old guy and I still haven't got it. Look, it's, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. That's what Rome, Paul said in Romans 12, 12, 9. Hold on to what is good. What is good? I am friends with a lot of people. And I don't mean Facebook friends. I mean friends. And I have friends that are into things that I would not recommend people be into, but I love them anyway. And you know what? That position gives me the ability to talk into their life as God leads me. And I will go there. And they know I will go there. But I love them. And sometimes my question is, how do I love you where you're at? Because I don't know how. And let them tell me. You could listen to me. You could love me anyway. But Paul says, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hate what's not good. But hold tightly to what is good. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. I think it's extremely important, whether you're a husband, father, wife, whatever you are, to say to someone, whether it's your parent, whether it's your child or your spouse, if I were good in your life, if I were loving you today, what would that look like for you? Pick up the clothes next to the bed and put them in the hamper, would you? You know, that could be the simple thing of a love behavior. Love, my wife would say, would you put your shoes away? I have more shoes than she does. And purses. Well, no, I don't have purses. I have men bags, but I have more bags. And she reminds me of that all the time. She doesn't care as long as I put them away. And guess what? I don't like to put them away. I don't like to put my dishes in the sink, and she wants them in the sink. And so what I've, after 30, no, after 56 years of marriage, I'm finally learning to put them in the sink. I'm a slow learner. But if I love her, I'm going to do that. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says this, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle sent out to preach his good news. You have good news to share. I have good news to share. Jesus Christ is coming back. I have good news to share. I once was in 
grave clothes and now I'm free and I can run. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about Jesus, his son. That's the good news. Last night, my wife and I were at our neighbor's and uh, he's, a, he's a retired gunny sergeant, Marine. He's a tough guy. He's six foot five, which is like a lot taller than me. And he's just a tough guy. And so sharing the gospel with him is, I have to get creative. And I'm always, last night we were over there and I'm going, Lord, how do I, do you want me to share anything tonight? You know, I got a few things in, you know, like silent uh, sniper stuff. But I've had, I've not with, I remember another neighbor I had in, when I lived at the other house. He was the uh, recruiter, army recruiter um, in town. And he came over to my house one night and I, I had shared different things with him. And he was another, it must be these six foot guys like me or something. Anyway, he comes over to my house and he just starts to break down. And he said, Bernie, will you pray with me? And his grandfather had just died. He just got the word. And where did he go? He came to me. And that's my point. You see, you need to put yourself in a place that, that they'll come to you. When troubles come, and troubles do come. We started off, and I didn't read this, but Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through, 80, through 18. Uh, we didn't start off with that because I didn't have a slide, but had we had that, anyway. But remember that Peter was being asked, or the disciples were being asked, who do you say I am? And, and, and then he said to Peter, he said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, well, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And you did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. But you see, Peter identified the good news, which was Jesus is the Messiah of the living God. That was the good news. That's what Peter identified. He identified Jesus for who he was. And the important thing about it is that we need to understand who we are representing, and why we are representing him, and what we are to be doing with it. The problem, as I tried to share, and by the way, if anyone wanted this quote from Rock Dillerman, I'll I'll find a way to get it to you. But the thing that I I love about his quote is, is that we can get off into a thing called nationalism, which would be like the Jews getting off into the Israel. We are Israel. No, you are people who are called out by God to be different. It's not about the nation, it's about people, individuals coming together collectively as a force, as a power. That's the church. That's what you and I are. And here's where I'm going to land with this, because this is the most important thing. And and, and, and first of all, the question is, and it was said here about, have you... Are you running out of the grave? Have you ever recognized that Jesus is calling your name? The Father is calling your name. 
The question is, have you discovered the good news? Have you discovered it? Have you heard it? Do you understand it that no matter what you're going through right now, there is a plan for you that's been set from the beginning of time that's called you into a place? Yes, you may traverse. I talked to a mother the other day who, a couple years ago, her daughter was tragically killed in a car accident. And she said to me, and she's a friend, she's been a friend for a number of years, she said, she said, Bernie, here's the beauty of it. For 19 years, I got to have her. No one else did. I did. What God wanted and what God is doing, I don't understand and don't see at this point. But I know that he has a plan. And in spite of the tragedy, in spite of the heartache, in spite of the difficulties that I've gone through, I know that I'll see her again. I know that in spite of everything, God is still good. God is still good. She's been a part of a grief support group, and she's going to be starting her own up on where, where closer to where she lives, which would be about 30 miles from where she's going. Why? Because she's found that using her pain to speak to people is one of the ways that the gospel has gotten out of her life to others. You see, the question is, have you discovered the good news? If you're not sure, let me just say this, your life, your life will be the true indicator of your answer. The reality is, see, only you know your life. Only you know your innermost thoughts. Only you know who you really are. And the question is, are you living the way God has called you to live? Not perfectly. <laughs> I stumble and fall all the time. I get behind a slow driver. I'm, I'm one of those people that travels a little bit faster on the interstate than more for most. Okay, Not enough to get a ticket, even though I have get-out-of-jail-free cards. I, I don't, you know... But you know, I got off Route 80 to head up here on 322, and every slow poke in the county got ahead of me. And you know what that did to my peace and serenity? I don't know who I was talking to in the car, but they didn't answer me. My point is simple. Listen, living a holy life is not, is one step forward, two steps back. What I've realized is that, is that reminding myself that I'm a new creature means that, that life has to change from within, not from without. It, what Christ is working in my life inside will come out on the outside. But if Christ is not working on the inside, then the life that I'm living outside is an indicator that I'm not allowing Christ to work in me. And so the challenge is, and simply the question is, where are you? Because you're the church here in this area. You have the responsibility here, along with everyone who is a follower of Christ, to be the word, to be the light. How are you doing in that area? Let's pray. Father, help us to understand that, that life is not about us 
Life is about God himself, the creator of the universe, that God has called us to be his light in the darkness. He's called us to be uh, a testimony to those that are struggling. Help us, Father, to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.